Um, hello, my name is Cal Everett. I'm the CEO of Liberty Gold. And sitting next to me is John Gilligan, our uh, president of, of Liberty, and he's also our COO. Um, Liberty Gold is focused on Carlin-style sedimentary-hosted oxide gold deposits in the Great Basin. Uh, we hold two major projects, and we'll go into those in detail as we go forward. Um, I was the presidency of this company for about a five-year period, and about two months ago, due to some changes in senior management, I got parachuted back into the job as CEO. And my position now is solely focused on the financial side of the market, marketing, raising capital, dealing with asset uh, sales and purchases. And I only handle the M&A side of this company at this point. And John Gilligan, uh, John, could you? Uh... Yeah, John Gilligan, um, as Cal says, I'm president and COO. Um, and my area of focus in the business is the operating side, um, capital projects, projects development, and uh, assessing with the field teams exactly what we've got in these two amazing assets and taking them through the process into permitting and ultimately uh, to mining. Brilliant. Guys, thanks very much for joining us in London. What are you doing over here? Um, we're starting to market again. Right, okay. And the, the company has changed, and I've only been in back in the seat for about two months. And I was a director of the company, and the single largest private shareholder, Liberty Gold, owner just approximately 10 million shares of the company. And I recognized at a board level that the company was solely focused on getting an economic study out for around July of this year of PFS. Mm -hmm. But the company's foundation was finding ounces. And I think the company last year, even though it was a bad market for everyone, the ounce people left the positions. They were looking for ounces. They wanted to see 3 million, 4 million, 5 million ounces on the black mine deposit, but we were going all economic. It, and I think we might have disenfranchised part of the shareholder base. And now part of this year's program is to market and be on the road a lot, five, six months of the year, and try, and then also change the direction of the company. Sure, the PFS is going to get done. It's due, John, I think it's in, in July, I think it is. Yeah. Q3, we'll have it out. And at the same time, I want to turn the drills back on and build the ounces. So we want to change the company so it's not just a company with an economic study or a drill program. It's actually both, and both will be extremely aggressive. And that's the way I think we're going to differentiate ourselves from other companies in this industry. Well, that's the key. There's a lot of people saying the same thing, okay? And and I know it's been tough for everyone, but you've you've got to come up with a kind of clear, articulable story of how you get this thing done. So you want to... Do the drilling, make discoveries, add, add the answers, but you've got to be a little bit clearer with the economics. So let's talk about the style of, of the deposit at the moment, okay? So it's fairly low-grade stuff, so people need to understand what about that, job. Well, um, first of all, it's it's an oxide gold system in the Great Basin in the US. That means that it's, um, it's a mineralized rock package where the gold is readily available to be extracted by leach process. So that's no crushing, no milling, no tailings. You dig it up, put it on a heap, um, irrigate with cyanide, and produce gold. Very simple, very cost-effective, very low environmental footprint process. Right. I think the low cost bit interests me because it seems quite simple. You're, you're digging up soil and moving it from here to here. You've got to do that 
really efficiently with the grades. Like, what's the average grade on, on, the, on the last resource? I know you're coming up with a new one. But 0.5, was the last resource. Will the new resource be similar, It'll but be or a similar. lot more? Okay, It'll so be. this this is an engineering process of efficiencies. So can you just, again, for people maybe new to it, or, yep. and there are a lot uh, coming to this mining space, of ours, ex explain the kind of process you go through, that, that the earth moving process. Yeah, so so it's an open pit mine. Um, all of the all of the mineralization, all of the ore sits below, um, sits above about uh, 200 meters. So multi-pit operation, open pit, very standard um, drill blast, load and haul, and you the haul trucks will deliver ore to the heat bleach facility or they'll deliver ore to the rock storage facility. Right. Um, the cost basis is relatively, is, is a fixed cost basis. So your GNA would be kind of 80, 90 cents. The processing cost is, is, a, is a very low in the industry. So one and a half to $2 a ton to process it. That would contrast to um, a milling operation, which would be in the 15 to $18 a ton. So, so so quite competitive in that respect. Right. And the cost structure of the business is all about the efficiency of haulage, your, how you move a ton in a truck from A to B. And that's really, so efficient mining and efficient dirt moving in the general sense of the word is really how you generate your margin. Right, okay, because we have the constant debate from people, perhaps new to the space, going, well, high-grade gold, that's where it's at, right? But there's so many other variables which matter. So when you're going doing this work for the PFS, which is which is going to come out, you're, you're looking at how you how you affect the, the margin, right? Because you haven't got a much, much room to play with there. So can you, can you talk to me about where those efficiencies are coming from, specifically where, where, yeah. where the well, main gains are from? Well, at a very high level, at a half a gram, at the current gold prices, that's about $30 a ton uh, in, in a ton of rock that I've yeah. processed. My recovery on that is something like 70%. So that means I can... I can I can recover something in the order of 20, 20 grams at twenty dollars a ton recoverable. How do you how do you know? I was on, I was a former producer, and there's a bit of old old data there. But how, yeah. how so do you know what the recoveries are like? As part of the program to drill out the resource, yeah. part of that is to do extensive metallurgical test work. Right. So we've drilled twenty seven um, individual core holes, right. and they've created over one hundred and fifty individual composite samples, so a bulk sample, if you like, of the of the rock, and we run those in columns. So imagine a a, a six inch or a 12 inch pipe, vertical pipe, you load that with the sample and then you, you irrigate and extract the gold in under a laboratory environment. And that test work allows you to predict the recovery under a leach um, environment of any given grade. Right, okay. So that creates a recovery model. Right, given this is a past producer, is that correct? That's correct, right. yeah, it was mined in the 90s by Pegasus. Right. Um, and given that you're coming up to PFS stage, and it's relatively simple, it's open pit for for, for a start. Absolutely, um, it's it's a it's a state which understands mining, so we're we're good there. Very definitely, there. very definitely. Are there opportunities? Can I skip a few phases? Can you go from PFS to DFS, or um, do you still need to go through those economic based so, study so, phases? Yeah, you, you need to go through. Um, you certainly need to do a PFS. That, that gets you your basic engineering. And once you've got a PFS, then that allows you to write a thing called a mine plan of operations. That's the first document you submit to the agencies to start the permitting process. We anticipate that the permitting process will take about three years. That's relatively quick in the US. Um, and you need the information at a PFS level to do that permit. The, the detailed engineering that you want to do to, to enable you to finally do a cost estimate and build it is relatively straightforward and would happen in that three-year period. 
Right. Okay. Count I'm coming to you. Um, money. That's always the tough thing in, in, in this space, cost of money, access to money. You've got a couple of things that you're juggling with. One, how to kind of drive that market valuation up, share price, market cap, et cetera. Well, that's one of the reasons that um, that's why I focus on it. And right now I can get finance financings when we need it right? Uh, from four different sources. So I've right. already found it. But you but you don't want to do it at these levels. You want to do it at higher levels, right? That's correct, right? So, so let's talk about what you need to show. So one is the kind of the economics right, from around the PFS should be better than they were and a little bit more, well, a lot more de-risk and, and, and um, give the market a, a more comfort around being able to achieve those numbers, okay? So that's about raising money. That's correct. But there's multiple ways to raise money. Like what? We own the TV Tower project in Turkey. I've been to Istanbul already since I came back eight weeks ago, mm -hmm. and I'm in discussions now with people about purchasing that asset outright. Okay. And um, we're a few million dollars apart from what I want for it, and it goes back and forth, and when you're negotiating with, with businessmen in Turkey, it's, it's really difficult mm -hmm. because they change the goalposts every 30 minutes. And uh, the first project I sold in Turkey was Halila. We sold that for 55 million U.S., Liberty Gold received 40% of that. Tech Corporation got the 60%. Then we took the money we had on that and we purchased Black Pine for a million dollars. And here we are today, uh -huh. right? With a 3 million ounce gold deposit based on the last resource estimate that came out. Okay. So that is no dilution to the shareholders. Okay. It's none. Once you get your PFS done, you can figure out if the, the economics, if you wanted to sell a royalty, you theoretically could. Right, it depends on what the load bear is on the balance sheet, and how much free cash flow that you're going to give up in exchange for the funds that you might need to turn the drill on. Right, you can get a bought deal. You can bring in a uh, an equity ownership from a from a major mining company who might want nine point nine or nineteen point nine percent of your company. But you have to look at the terms of that to see if that investment, should you agree to take it, becomes a blocking agent for other companies who might want to get involved. Right, so this is a really convoluted way of, of raising capital, and there's a lot of money out there, but it's extremely selective. Right, so when people say that there's no money uh, out there, that's a, an absolute falsehood. There is money. There's, yeah, there's always a price for something. For yes, them. absolutely yeah, sure. But it's a case of they want to understand why you are different from other people. They want to understand why you will succeed where others maybe won't. You want to raise at the right price at this share price you, i suspect you don't want to because you've been higher mm -hmm. the market has penalized you nothing you've done just the market has penalized well, every, everyone you. was in the same boat for, for, for sure but it doesn't make the money any less expensive so um I, i'm kind of interested in the kind of commercialization of this so you're you're the you're the commercial guy i get what you've done in turkey and i get what you've got and got in turkey um but can i just talk about the money that you got from turkey that was what 20 21 million Something like that. Something like yeah. that. So where are you with that now, Cash? Oh, we spent it all. Spent it all, okay. Right? We, we put it into Black Pine. We've put $50 million into Black Pine right. over a period of time. And um, the, a new resource is just being calculated now when it comes out. I'm, I, we haven't seen the numbers yet. So it should be coming out in the next month. Okay, so we'll know. So two point yeah. six will go to something bigger, presumably. Yes. Right. Yeah. And is uh, have you done work to kind of bring more of that over and indicators? Yes, absolutely. We had a resource in February last year, which was two point six million indicated. Yeah. And our target for the drill program we executed last year was to get to three million. 
Okay. And, and we're pretty comfortable with the numbers we're seeing at the moment. Okay, so that's, that starts getting quite interesting as far as the market is concerned, as far as the funders are concerned, which is what you're indicating. Um, but I'm sort of intrigued as to, you know, the the plan for some, some kind of monetization event for, for you guys. Do you want to build this thing? Are you builders? Everyone gets that, qu gets yeah, that sure, question. Of course. And um, you, when you take on a project of this scale, you better be ready to build it. But you, this but better you be ready might to, not. Well, I'm but saying you, you better not. be ready to build a negotiation. Yeah, you don't put better the sales so, sign on your front line. Right, exactly, building, right. right? So, so, so who in the team's got that experience or is that to come? Well, he's the builder. Oh, builder a, guy, yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> I've had the privilege of building two mines in my career. One okay. In, one in Chile, a copper mine in Chile and um, a silver lead zinc mine in Argentina. Um, I was, I was on, I used to work for Silver, silver Standard, SSR Mining as it's known now. And I was on the the team that ended up purchasing Marigold, right? And I was I was involved in that integration of that asset. So I know that mine very well. That's a large run of mine, open pit heat leach operation in, yeah. in Nevada, as it happens. Right. And when I when the opportunity came across my desk to join Liberty just a couple of years ago, in looking at Black Pine, it, it was obvious to me that that was a Marigold, and this is a mine, yeah, for sure. And it was really that conviction that that sort of I put my hand up and said I want to join it, and I. I joined with the intention of building this mine. Okay, and, and, and I want to come back to how you plan an, uh, a mine and then operate in a second, but yep. just for, finish with kind of a May on the money side of stuff, which is um, obviously these things take time. Everything takes time, and time is money right now. So if you spent the money, how are you doing for money? Do you intend to raise some money soon? To we have all the money we need to f complete the PFS. Right, Q3. And finish this year. But the only thing I'm going to have to raise money on, I hope, mid-year is to turn three drills on. Okay. And to start discovering. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, the, yeah. The, our, right. our objective is to take a 15-year mine life. Yeah. And let's say, what are you thinking, 150,000 ounces a yeah, year, 15 that's, that's years? Our, that's our target. Something like that's yeah. our target. Okay. And then after that, just stay at 15 years. Right. But if you find a million more ounces, yeah. you're not producing 150. You might be producing 180 or 200. Right. right. That's where you want it because you can't stretch it out over 15 years, even though you know you're going to find it from, from cash flow generated from a mining operator. Right. And just in terms of those headline grabbing lines of discoveries, like, the, the, this isn't discovery in the pure sense. It's basically more of the same, please, from the locale we're not going off and making new discoveries elsewhere in idaho yeah well once you look at a plan map and yeah in the, the presentations you should and people should focus on that yeah. plan map yeah it shows in the latest presentations the next plan of operations it shows a bar chart next to it yeah. of every time we got a permit how many ounces we added yeah and it just goes like this it's a really good chart and in that chart that's two hundred fourteen thousand meters of drilling that yeah. we did, yeah. Okay, that's how how much it takes to drill these things off because you can't just drill them like a porphyry on a hundred meter centers. Mm. Once you get fifty meters of a gram, you start doing thirty and fifty meter centers, and that costs money. But still, our discovery cost per ounce is still less than ten dollars. Okay. okay, okay, and but the planar surface, if we're looking at this tabletop, that system right now with the new plan of operations as pending is 40 square kilometers and it's the same gold system. We've never drilled a hole that has, does not have detectable gold in it. Okay. That's how big it is. Dete I don't want to be, I want to get semantics here. Hang on. Detectable commercial gold. No, I didn't say it's commercial. I know that's why I want to get to though. Cause I, he, he wants, uh, you know, indicated, I want indicated and I want to so see this I. thing grow. So 
when this system, tell me more about the system then. What do you know? Well, I'm going to go back on your commercial side. Yeah. Let's presume that gold doesn't go to $1,400. It goes to $2,400. Right. A waste rock now is ore. Yeah. Okay. So you can't just put a, 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 st a rubber stamp on it and say that that's waste. It doesn't work that way. And yeah. Perhaps just uh, to put some numbers on that to, to finish that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you do the, the cost basis of, a, of a, a known open pit heat bleach operation in Nevada, and the cost base is pretty much the same because they're yeah. facing the same material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give or take. If you calculate um, the cutoff grade, a break-even cutoff grade, so I've got a ton, I process that, I make I make a dollar. That break-even cutoff grade is somewhere in the region of 0.2 grams. A marginal cutoff grade, which is the grade at which I have a ton in a truck, yeah. at the edge of my pit, what do I do with it? So I paid for mining because I had to move it. Yeah. I either put it on the waste dump and it, and I don't process it or I process it. That grade is 0.1. Okay, okay, so interesting. So when you look at a resource yeah. Yeah. in our space, in, yeah. the, in this sort of lower grade oxide, anything As above a percentage, 0.1 amazing. Yeah. Is, is yeah. potentially processable. Brilliant, okay, understood. Um, did you want to add to that? I think, no, I, I think that, was, that was pretty good, right? Um, okay, so if we if we look at um, the the kind of see what I always I'm fascinated by is that when we talk about commercialization, you also find like sort of drilling out. We'll go and get more ounces, and then there's the well, you've got quite a lot already. The business models in Canada are predicated on we'll just drill this thing out. We'll just make it huge, as big as possible. Australians they have this. Well, let's just kind of get into revenue. Let's kind of get this thing going. So what's that? What is that point? If you had three, if you come out with three million in, in, uh, indicators. Yeah in a few months time, um, do you say, well, actually, this is good enough to kind of get things going, maybe slightly less efficient initially, but at least we're non-dilutory. And that's kind of exciting, I think, to most shareholders in the market at this moment. Well, do you think like that? Have, things have changed since when I had color in my hair to today, okay? Just, 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 just make yeah. that point right yeah. now. Because when I started off as a geologist in uh, 1978, we wouldn't touch a porphyry copper unless it ran 1% copper and had a minimum of 500 million tons. 0.4 now, right? Now it's 0.4 and probably. even 0.35. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, because that's the cost. Mm. But the metal price has gone up, so the grade goes lower, and the economics are still there. Yeah. Okay? So when you're dealing with these scenarios and you're looking at the gold price, you've got... I don't really care what's in any feasibility study from anybody, it's still going to get changed at the end of the day. It's not a fixed document with no maneuvering room. Because if the gold price goes higher, the stuff you threw on the waste dumps now no going on a bleach pad. The costs will go up, right? The, well, the costs go up, yeah, but and that's your biggest problem. These yeah. are earth-moving operations. These well, that's systems. what I mean. So come back to that fish. I, I'm interested in companies. I'm interested in the margin. That's all I care about, right? Yeah, and so you're making money, right? Too. So the gold can go to two, you know, two four hundred, great. But if the costs are up around two, nothing's really changed here. So, um, okay, well, let's look at gold price. You, you probably got an opinion on this, right? Because it's sitting at wavering above, just above two, has been for a while, which is kind of, which is kind of good. But I'm hearing from CEOs that ASIC numbers broadly, lots of exceptions, clearly, fourteen hundred now, fourteen hundred. It's in it used to be like a thousand. Now it's 1400. Will that come up a little bit? Maybe. Will it go down a bit? Maybe. I, I don't know. But the, the basic margin hasn't really changed. Gold price has gone up. People got excited about it, but the margins haven't really changed much. 
it's it's harder to find stuff and get stuff and people and all of that. Yes. Yep. But it, and it comes back to your efficiency thing. It's like, um, you know, I've asked you where you can affect change down there, but every time the gold price moves, I can I can see that you can go after the lower grade stuff. Yeah. And what, what, would that, what would that mean to the person that's going from like point, point 0.2 cutoff to point, point 0.1 if we did see it so, so, 2,400? So in, in the resource we've published thus yeah. so far, at a point 0.2 cutoff, we have 2.6 million ounces, right? And if you add in the inferred, it's just over 3 million ounces. At a point 0.1 cutoff, it's 4 million ounces. So there's a million ounces at play in that gap between those two. Right. And so, and, and what that, the, the curve, if you want to think of, of, of ounces and grade, it's very flat. So a small change in that grade yeah. generates quite a lot more ounces progressively. So what are the components which change? I'm, I'm trying to, in my head, sort of work out some kind of cost, cost-based increase. We said, right, to go right. from point 0.2 to point 0.1, obviously a bit more work. We're going to need more agents in there and acid and sit there for right. a bit longer. I don't but know. You tell me. That's a small... So the key components really to, particularly in an in a, in a, uh, open pit heat bleach operation, the key cost components are fuel. That's n the number one. And labor probably, labor and fuel are probably the same, yeah. right? They, they basically define your cost base. Then the next sort of tier of costs are explosives and tires. Tires, yeah, tires. Tires are a significant element of cost. Yeah. When the rubber hits the right. Yeah, exactly. So those four, those four really are the key drivers. Of, and then you've got pretty much down the, the, the bottom. Then you've got water and you've got electricity. They're relatively, yeah. relatively small costs. Tires. I'm yeah. straight. Yeah. I wouldn't have made my top 20. That's four. Okay, that's brilliant. I love that. Uh, it's true. Explosive. That's it. Okay, that's okay. That's what it's all about from an operating, operating cost point of view. Okay. Brilliant. You. <laughs> Come on, do you ever talk about somebody going to see these finance guys? Yeah, we got to pay for them tires. Got to pay for those tires. <laughs> oh, listen, I've been to mines when they were running out of mo money. Yeah, and they couldn't afford rubber, and yeah. all these trucks are sitting on the ore trucks are sitting on the side yeah. of the road yeah. on wooden blocks. Yeah, because they couldn't afford the tires. So if they needed a tire, they got rid of one of their ore trucks and took the rubber off it. So yeah, I'm glad I did this meeting just for that one fact. Um, right. So when you, let's talk. Let's come back to the finance guys, okay? Because obviously they're looking at a kind of very high-priced gold environment, but they're also clearly still wary of where this market's going, what the Fed's doing, you know, what, what, what the cost base is going to do. And, and quite frankly, is anyone interested in gold anymore? Yeah, they're probably they're thinking a little bit like this, right? Yeah. And I know, I know gold's 50% of the, the mining universe and, 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 and terms of number of companies and, and probably expenditure too. But what, what are their concerns when they're talking to you about the gold market, Oh, when I'm talking to like, out. I know virtually all the producers right at the okay. upper levels. So what's what's happening? And they're looking right now for mine life. Okay. Okay. So if you have a mine, now let's say it's got an eight-year mine life, that's it. Yeah. By the time it gets down to five or six, yeah. they'd be more prone to sell that to somebody who needs a tiny mine. Right. To offload the environmental cleanup costs. Yeah. Okay. They're willing to give up those first few years. Okay, so if you go to Marigold, it's been operating for 34 years and its cutoff grade right now is around 65, 70 parts per billion. And everything else goes on the heaps. And how they made their money there was brilliant at earth moving. Yeah. They've got the biggest shovels and the biggest trucks in the yeah. Great Basin. And they, they got their costs of moving a ton, say from $2.25 down to one sixty at its lowest point. Right. And the difference between one sixty and two twenty five, that's that's sixty five cents and the amount of tons they're moving yeah. is all to the bottom line. Amazing. Yeah, it's earth moving. 
But well, there's well, maybe talk about reclamation costs and, and, and another conversation. But there's a game to be played there, which, which oh, was, we, we, we co-founded oh, yeah. and we were in banking. It, it, it definitely worked. Um, okay, okay. So, but, but back to the conversations with you. I'm just intrigued because I keep coming back to this point. You guys have got to differentiate yourselves from the lots of other stories out sure, there saying the same thing, and retail investors going, oh, I don't know which one about. They all say the same thing. I can't distinguish between them. Why are you more likely to succeed than anyone else? Oh, it's because of the size of the target and the ability to go to tier one status, which is greater than 5 million ounces. Right. You, they're really tough to find those anywhere. And those are the attractions for the big companies. And it's just like, how do I put it? 25, 30 years ago, a million ounce gold deposit was hot. Yeah, yeah. And then it went to and, two. And then it went to two. And then it went to three. How many fives are out there? Not a lot. And the big companies like the fives because they say 10-year mine life, 500,000 ounces of production a year, that's material to a multi-billion dollar market cap. Mm -hmm. And so if you're at 2 million ounces, you might be a target for a company that only produces from three mines 120,000 ounces a year. Okay? That's... But it's mine life now is what they're at. You can go out there and say, oh, I want to see your economic study. The really seasons, well-run companies with great balance sheets and a lot of cash and minimal debt, they run their own financial models now. So you give them the resource, you give them the metallurgy, they put their people to work on it, and then they figure out the economics and if they want to knock on your door or not. So, and, and we've seen a few, we've seen the great bears of this world, that, you know, famously, they, they did not do the conventional process here because they know they're going to give it to someone, they're going to model it, and then mm. there's a number, bingo, 1.8 billion later, lovely. Um, why go through the expense of doing economic studies yourselves? Is that for your own, you do internal stuff, so well, you have why to figure, do the public well, stuff? Well, if you end up building it, you better do the economic study, because you got to check, you, you have to do a truth test. For who, the bankers? For the company. But you do your internal stuff, you know how, he's done it before a couple of times. Yeah, you yeah. know how it works. Yeah, you see, you, the history of the deposits he's worked on is amazing. And our um, ex-VPX, Moira Smith, has eight operating mines under her belt, right? So you're surrounded by brilliance. Mm -hmm. I just get to sit back and relax and have them make me look good. Me too. And, and we, we, we took that advice. So you, you probably know we did not publish a PEA on, on Black Pine. We skipped it. We, we knew it. We skipped that place because it wasn't worth the time and the money. That's what I'm saying. And the result you get in the market, no one believes it. Yeah. yeah. So, so, and we have to do a PFS because the, you need that that document and you need the level of engineering to start the permitting. Right. So, so you got to do it. Okay. So that, that's one. Whether we do a feasibility study or not, or, or it depends on how you finance and a whole bunch of other things. Yeah. We have to do a PFS. This, right. So this, this is what I was trying to get to earlier yeah, on in terms to, of skipping a few phases. The stuff that you need to do because they need permitting and licenses to to, yeah. to do this stuff and, and approvals, etc. But given the simplicity of it all. And as I say again, time is money. You, you know, the longer this goes on, the worse it is. Um, you know, it, it, there's a kind of cost, inherent cost out whether you're doing anything or not. Absolutely. The market needs to see some stuff, and he needs ammunition to go and raise capital from whichever source, alternative source of structured uh, financing. But you guys internally, you know how you're going to, you already put a mind plan in your head. I know where, the, right. I, I know where everything's going. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah but yeah, we keep that. that. We keep a lot of that close in. Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Right. Because you don't want to go and, and start exposing things to the market, because you, you you've got another deliverable that's going to add uh, another material benefit to the to the deposit, yeah. and ultimately to the company. Right. And when the sector has gone bearish for a couple of years, 
I found one of the, because I've been investing for like 40 years. I found that in a bear market, if you came out with a phenomenal economic study, the stock would still go down because everything else was down yeah. and volume came in and it was a liquidity event. Okay. Yep, yep. So if I'm talking to a mutual fund and they want to go put in $20 million into some investment in Argentina, say, mm -hmm. they've got to sell $20 million of one company shares mm -hmm. in order to buy it because there's no incoming money. Yeah. Well, so, so the, the money, money that, that I can redemptions find at the moment. So, yeah, yeah. There are. Yeah. And so there's lots of private equity money around. Okay. Hundreds of millions of it. Yeah. Okay. And it's extremely selective. If you go back into the early 1990s, virtually none of these funds had a geologist on staff. Uh -huh. It was just a fund manager who liked gold, right? And they got in deep crap over bad investments because they didn't understand the rocks. Yeah. And it's, which is kind of where I want to get to with you, because I'm, I'm kind of skipping the, as I crudely call it, the admin phase or admin conversations like, can I find this stuff? You found stuff. You're going to oh, find yeah. more stuff. If I can drill more holes, there'll be more stuff. You've explained carefully to me the kind of engineering nuances about how I make sh shave um, costs across across the board. I get that. My only concern, or only the area that I want to spend time on with you, is understanding the money because the money is a make or break. You know, it, it, it can make make you or kill you. So you're saying there's lots of money available. There's private money, and I know that. I know that. Okay. I've got it's, a, it's sitting there watching. Yeah. You're sitting there watching, and I've, I've got a copper project in Chile myself. I, I understand the sorts of conversations people are looking in, but you've got to talk to the market, the public market. You've got to give them the assurances that when you need the money, it's there, and it's at your election, and hopefully negotiate a, a reasonable rate for that money coming in. Okay. I'm kind of giving you a question back. You sure. see a lot of companies on a personal basis. I do. How many of those management groups are financially aware enough to be able to negotiate and get what they want and the ability to say no when a sell-side banker is trying to abuse you with prices and fees. Not very many. 20% at most. At most. You'd be yeah, lucky yeah, to yeah, get yeah, 20. Yeah. I hear you. I think, personally, I'd say yeah, 5%. But, but what I need from you, Carl, today is don't just say it to me. Tell me how. Okay? Oh, That's it's what easy. I want to say. You just, well, I do it all the time. And you go meet the bankers. They give you a pitch. And you say, I'm not taking that. Because they're going to try and price something at such a low price that they can sell it easy because they don't like perspiring when they're getting Tell rich. Tell me about it. I used to be one. I understand. Yeah, yeah so was I. Some, 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 some say, that's fine. But how there's a point at which you, you, it stops coming a, a buyer's market, becomes a seller's market. So in the same here, it's like you, you're in control to a point and then you're out of control. So do you, you feel, because you can get through to the end of this year, get through to the end of PFS, get through to the end of this year. Uh-huh. At some point during that process, you're going to need. You're still in. You're you're in control, but you've become less and less control as you run out of money. So, as I'm yeah. saying to you, you got the Turkish option there. Negotiation about there's a price. You're not yeah. quite there yet. What would we be talking about? Ballpark would it be enough to get you through another year? Oh, I'm not going to. Okay. Yeah, because that would breach uh, confidentiality agreements. So okay. I wouldn't do that. Okay. You've insulted them already. It'd be fine. No, that's all right. <laughs> The, the the okay fine so so would you look at private what type of money pursuits this company as well what makes sense for the company is if i get the maximum leverage leverage out of it for the shareholders who own liberty gold then i've done my job 
Right. Again, but generic-ish. How, again, I'm trying to get you to say, how does this team, how do you stand out from the crowd? Well, we could get money and we, I think we're clearly on our way to a tier one asset and there's so few in the world that's materially special in a market. Okay, so the fact that 150,000 ounces a year production for a period of time, that makes you special. It does. Is it? Well, that's, not too yeah. many of those. That's, 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 that's what we're guessing at yeah. today. Yeah, yeah. Right? And a, a good example of people who really know how to get a mine going yeah. is um, the Zhignac family on G-Mining. Great. Great, great team. Right? And if, if you've got access to a Bloomberg, take a look at the institutional holders. Yeah, no, it's, it's the who's who of the mining industry. Oh, they score a nine. And just for disclosure, I because I found it, I own, I think, 2.5% of the company, Okay. right? And I bought it for years, and I just sit there, and it just keeps going up. Yeah, and it's amazing. Now, we, they score a nine on our rating score, for sure. We, we, yeah, big fans. but, but big they fans. were really smart. They, 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 they raised their debt and equity yeah. and secured it before the market went bearish. Yeah, yeah. And that was the key so, to so their success. A lot. Raised a lot, yeah. Uh, yeah, at that time. But what, what's that going to do with you? Why did you bring them into the conversation? 150,000 ounce producer. Right. Okay. That's it. In Brazil. In Brazil. This is. Yeah. Okay. We're looking in, in the Great Basin. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then you've now you have to go look at geopolitical risk, because yeah. in my day when I was younger that didn't happen. Now, you know, the people would. Do you remember the Crystal X? Way back when it was the Las Cristinas deposit in Venezuela. Right. It was something like ten and a half million ounces of gold at right. at a, around a gram. Yeah. And the government changed and they expropriated the asset. It's never gone into production, and it just sits there. Mm-hmm. And they had to pay, they lost in the world court for taking it, and they never paid a penny. So, third world countries are not the best places to work at. Times. No, I get that, and it's not just third world countries. I think there's a, there's a lot of jurisdictional risk at the moment. Everything's taking just that little bit longer to get permitted and licensed, and even then NGOs stepping. And I, I, I get it. And that's why I, I'm not a big fan of the Fraser Institute quote when people throw that at me. Yeah, so, but it doesn't matter anymore. But, but these countries have learned. Yeah. Don't be an idiot and take the asset. Yeah. Wait till the asset's built with somebody else's money and then take it then. Yeah. <laughs> just We're not advocating the that, that, but I see what you mean. Just, yeah. just <laughs> like if you're in some yeah. country in the world yeah. and it's built, yeah. You have no invested capital other than... Right. Back to you. Yeah, back to me. <laughs> back to you. I told you we were going to go off topic. <laughs> you did. You did warn me. Gone full cow, full bore cow um, on, on this one. Right. Uh, so, okay. So, look, I, I, I guess like I said, I'm not, I, I think I've kind of got what I want out of it. I like the fact that there's mine builders already here. Okay. Yeah. I think that's important. And the, the numbers are good. And I understand low grade is... is no skin off my nose. Lots of examples yeah, around the margin. world. Think margin. Think margin. Think margin. Think margin. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I bang my head off a brick wall with that argument every week. It's complicated. It, it's complicated. Yeah. But there are lots of companies that do do it. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. it's and they are still attractive to financiers. They're still attractive to industry, um, and they do produce the answers with margin. More and more importantly. Um, okay. Well, I'm good on the company stuff. Um, how, how are you feeling so generally about the markets at the moment, equities? Are they going to like recover this year? Um, it's a good question. For junior miners? really depends. I think um, when I was young and full of more testosterone than I'm full of today, mm-hmm. I would hold 140 positions in my portfolio of junior mining companies. Okay. okay. It, because 
I was, I'm, I'm, I'm a geologist. I'm addicted to it. You guys get excited about everything. Oh, oh speck of pyrite. We yeah, yeah, trying yeah, to spend yeah. money, right? And now I, now right. with time, I look at the disasters yeah. and I analyze disasters. And the reason I look at other companies' problems is because they're free. It's a free lesson. So if, you, if a company goes under, analyze why they went under, because it's free. Yeah. And don't do that, yeah. mm -hmm. right? Just don't do it. And so now I might carry maybe 10 positions, but yeah, much, much larger, larger positions. positions. You know, and I, I hear, we, we do this series called analystnotes.com. So go there, folks, and we, we learn from people's mistakes. I like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's as good as sort of following someone that you've invested in and you think can do no wrong. It's work out what could go wrong, for, for sure. Um, okay, well, like, guys, I'm going to say thank you very much. Appreciate that. As always. Good to see you. Yeah. Good to meet you, John. Good, to meet you. good luck. You're your hands full. Yeah, we have. But it's exciting. <laughs> well, there is that, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, that. no. But, you know, um, the, the doesn't have his hands full with me. I didn't say anything. Um, and we'll hopefully see later this year as, as things progress. Obviously, certainly towards that PFS, because I think yeah. that will give the market what if they you, need. If you, if you kind of think about catalysts, we've got the resource coming out shortly, yeah. the new resource. That's the resource that will underpin the PFS. Uh -huh. Then we've got the PFS itself, so in the early in the, the third quarter. Uh, then we've got approval of a new um, exploration license around our current area, which will give us 36. 12, yeah, 12, 12 square kilometers additional, 35 in total let us start that drilling in yeah. um, in the second half of the year and then obviously drill results from that and then metallurgy as well right? metallurgy is coming out the last phase of metallurgy results come out in the next month and then um the key thing i think from a sort of my chair is getting that mine plan of operations submitted to the government yeah that's that's targeting q4 so we've got the key catalyst all the way through the year and once we started the permitting process in q4 we're in the queue to get this mine permitted and built Okay, good. Actually, your marketing material is quite good. The, the website is actually very clear. Presentation is very clear. So I think people are just going to have a look at that. John, thank you very much. Slow down. Enjoy yourself. Anytime. London. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. do.